So medication adherence is considered one of those intermediate outcome measures. We always talk about who can be most impactful. And of course, from a health plan perspective, we work with these numbers on medication adherence and focus, but we know also that that pharmacist at the, at the counter with them who meets with them or may have another interaction with them has such a great impact on improving that intermediate outcomes measure that we believe thus impacts overall health outcomes and ultimately the outcomes that we're wanting. Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show where we believe that quality measurement leads to better outcomes. Let us become your go-to source for all things related to quality and medication use in healthcare. We will hit on trending health topics as they relate to performance measurements and find common ground for payers and practitioners. We will discuss how the Equip platform can help you with your performance goals, and we will also make sure to keep you up to date on pharmacy quality news. So buckle up and put your thinking cap on. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Nick Dorch. We hope to have you enjoy our conversation about outcomes-based quality measures and programs that are designed to help improve patient care. Quality measurement is here to stay in healthcare, and pharmacists are just scratching the surface as it relates to quality measures and how pharmacist-related activities can be attributed to improving patient care. We often talk about how medication adherence and other medications that a patient may be using are managed by a pharmacist. However, the shift to measures related to outcomes that goes beyond simply taking a medication or even starting a medication regimen. Those are important topics and are often the method by which a patient improves their health outcomes. But a patient getting to goal for their blood pressure or reducing their hemoglobin A1C can be even more meaningful. On today's show, we want to continue our series as it relates to outcomes-based quality measures, and that's going to be with our guest, Lauren Dixon, PharmD, Director for Medicare Star Ratings with Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And we'll talk about how different outcomes-based measures and what might become for new programs and new opportunities that are coming down the road. So Lauren, with that, hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for the opportunity, Nick. Really glad to be here and appreciate getting to join you to talk through some of these quality measures and opportunities for the future. Lauren, again, thanks for joining us today. And before we start, we'd love to learn more about you and your role at Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield and your work with the Pharmacy Quality Alliance. So can you give us a quick rundown about your background as a pharmacist? All right. So after I graduated from pharmacy school, I actually served as the inaugural PQA executive fellow, which ultimately helped to spur most of my involvement there. I've been very fortunate post-fellowship to stay involved at all levels of quality measurement development within PQA, everything from the development of the individual measures to the quality metrics expert panel. Today, I'm currently co-chairing the A1C and blood pressure reporting technical expert panel And I did that after previously co-chairing the pharmacy measure concept advisory group that ultimately led to this. Uh, Separate from PQA, after my fellowship, I went to work for a national plan, served in various roles for Medicare and Medicaid quality measurement, helped to focus on strategic pharmacy initiatives that improve clinical practice, had cross-departmental collaborations with our clinical teams, ultimately driving improved STARS performance and pharmacy quality partnerships. My current role at Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield expands beyond that pharmacy focus and covers all areas of Medicare quality activities. So everything from CEDIS, which are our clinical quality measures, to member experience and satisfaction, 
their ultimate health outcomes, how they're doing from a mental and physical health perspective, and then administrative efficiencies. Developed a number of different clinical equality program roles, also spanning other activities like senior savings program for diabetic members, rewards engagement, uh, provider and pharmacy quality programs, and then also meeting the member where they are with in-home and in-office work. Lauren, thanks for that introduction. It certainly has covered a wealth of opportunities for you in uh, speaking from the pharmacy perspective, but also just how to take care of patients from a health plan uh, perspective. And it's really great to hear that detail, along with your past experience and current experience with measure development and the opportunities with the Pharmacy Quality Alliance. Now, before we start the full interview, we're going to add in a little part here as a transition segment. So for returning listeners, you're going to notice we're adding in a, a new segment here uh, for our breakdown. So with that, let's hit the breakdown, and then we're going to continue to our questions. Now it's time for the breakdown. As Quality Corner show host, Nick will ask three main topic questions. Our guests will have a chance to respond, and there will be some discussion to summarize the key points. This process will repeat for the second and third questions, which will wrap up the primary content for this recording. After that, expect to end on a closing summary, usually containing a bonus question. Now that we have described the process, let's jump into the questions. All right, Lauren, we're now going to go over our questions, and our first item for you is going to be related to quality measures. Quality measures are constantly being updated and changing, and with more of a focus and opportunity for payers and providers to collaborate on outcomes-based measures. Do you mind starting us off with a definition? What are outcomes-based measures, and how may they differ versus a structure or process measure? Are they different than medication-related measures we have typically discussed, like the PDC or adherence measure? So with that, there's a couple different elements, and I'm sure you've got a lot here to add, so I'll hand it off to you. Thanks. So I think having an effective quality program typically contains multiple types of measures, everything from the outcome-based measures to the structure or process measure. And then ultimately, those medication-related measures really typically fall within those categories. So I'm going to talk through the five typical types that we see within typical programs really predominant within the Medicare programs. So it's outcomes, intermediate outcomes, process, access, and member experience. Just to paraphrase from that CMS language, outcomes measures ultimately help to evaluate overall health and quality of care of beneficiaries at a holistic level. They're really important and vital to evaluation of just that overall member quality and health outcomes. Intermediate outcomes help to evaluate actions or outcomes of interest that ultimately help overall health data improve. Process measures, they just evaluate the completion of healthcare services that are used to monitor or assist in health status improvement. It could be for things like completion of an actual component related to a disease state like diabetes or preventative services. While they sometimes are called just a check mark, they're still really critical in closing gaps in care and helping to improve health outcomes along the way. The other components are access measures. Those usually look at the processes to receiving care and making sure that barriers aren't popping up for members and patients. That final one there was member experience measures, and they help evaluate the member perception of the services and care they might receive, be it through a health plan, a provider, a hospital, or a pharmacy. Thanks, Lauren. And for a health plan, all these types of measures, they are applicable based on, you know, CMS star ratings or perhaps programs like HEDIS, et cetera. So for, from your perspective, 
these are all concepts that are well known or understood. But for a, a pharmacy where programs may be more nascent and they're going to be more new, it's typically looking at just items like those intermediate outcomes measures such as adherence. But there's going to be an evolution. There's going to be progress where pharmacies or, or pharmacists may see additional measures uh, in future years. And I'm thinking even for something like a process measure, CMR completion rate is something that comes to mind where it's going to be familiar and pharmacists may have some involvement. You know, Lauren, from your consideration and with different types of programs, outcomes measures versus versus access, do you think there's a role for pharmacists to play in impacting performance for each of these different measure types? I do, and I think we've seen that over time. So you hit on a couple measures I think are really interesting. So medication adherence is considered one of those intermediate outcomes measures. And we always talk about who can be most impactful. And of course, from a health plan perspective, we work with these numbers on medication adherence and focus. But the, we know also that that pharmacist at the, at the counter with them who meets with them or may have another interaction with them has such a great impact on improving that intermediate outcomes measure that we believe thus impacts overall health outcomes and ultimately for the outcomes that we're wanting. But again, those other measures that we've seen pharmacists impact are those process measures. Uh, things like statin use in persons with diabetes or statin therapy in cardiovascular disease. Ultimately, again, so that's you know, one fill the statin, but those pharmacists really work to make sure while we might be having that statin start, are we actually then making sure they stay on it and they have the other benefits of those measures. So I think different programs along the way, either in Medicare, which are usually the predominant programs you see, but also in Medicaid with some interesting different measures that have been piloted in the past really help to speak to the volume of impact that the pharmacists can have. Yeah, Lauren, that's a great call. And I think about just Medicare, Medicaid space, uh, recently, certainly because of the pandemic, we've seen a large influx of lives into Medicaid programs. So that's something that could become uh, more of a focus going forward. Now, Lauren, we'll go ahead to our second question. I want to speak about outcomes-related measures. And what are some outcomes or intermediate outcomes measures that are already in use? This may be in the Medicare program, or it could be other measures that are endorsed by measure developers, but maybe not in use for a specific program. In addition, what concepts for outcomes-based measures are being considered by organizations like the Pharmacy Quality Alliance or NCQA, which is the National Committee of Quality Assurance? You have been involved with a number of PQA task force groups and measure development, as you stated at the beginning. So you may be able to share some considerations for outcomes-based measures and specifically how pharmacy can be involved. Sure. So we've hit upon a couple of those intermediate outcomes measures and other ones used in the space. Again, the one that pharmacies are probably most aware of is that medication adherence for chronic conditions. We talk about it pretty commonly for diabetes, hypertension, and hyperlipidemia, but I think there's still other ones that we might look at and talk about. We've seen some work on the antidepressant management space and other areas like that. Beyond that, in terms of measures that are used in maybe the Medicare or Medicaid programs are ones like comprehensive diabetes care A1C control. In the Medicare space that evaluates percentage of members with an A1C less than nine, ultimately the goal is that that A1C being in goal range leads to better health outcomes. I'll just go ahead and make the caveat. We know that that goal is less than nine um, in some of the other measures and some of the NCQA caveats that might be used in commercial or other areas. Beyond that, there's a couple measures. So while it's been retired, it's coming back to Medicare is controlling blood pressure, which evaluates the percentage of members with a blood pressure of less than 140 over 90. And also that measure really helps to decrease the risk of disease complications and better health outcomes. 
So both of those are NCQA measures. We, again, are seeing more and more measures develop, some of them process-related that might lead to intermediate outcomes in the future. Think of something like a, a follow-up after a patient is discharged from the ER or from an inpatient hospitalization, but we ultimately want that to lead to kind of the greater outcome of not being uh, readmitted to the hospital for other conditions. Separately, in terms of PQA, the outcomes-based measures are certainly a focus in what they're looking at, specifically kind of looking at some of those intermediate ones that we talked about. They have a couple technical expert panels ongoing right now that bring together pharmacies, plans, and other stakeholders like technology vendors to develop measures that could be used in partnerships between plans and pharmacies. Again, the one that I'm working on with PQA is looking at the measures we just talked about, diabetes and blood pressure control, and it's taking a phased approach at looking at the implementation of that. How do we maybe have process options on the roadmap to intermediate outcomes-based and outcomes-based measures that could be used in contracting? In regards to being involved, I think making sure that pharmacies are engaged within that process, and PQA has done a good job of that with multiple representatives. And sharing thoughts, feedback, and recommendations for additional measures is really critical to helping develop those and making sure that there's some collaborative conversations within that process. Lauren, I want to dig into that element around the measure development and who's included, because as you said, these measures, they're going to be used, or they're, they should be used, it's intended that they're used in future programs between payers, providers, or within government programs. You mentioned there's going to be pharmacies, plans, other stakeholders. I, I have to imagine this is going to be a fairly lengthy process. You're going to need to include uh, and understand what data is available, what data can be available across a spectrum of providers. You're going to need to have health plans because obviously a, a health plan perspective on does this matter is, is going to be important, but then you're also going to have providers. So do you have any kind of additional detail on what a timeline for this process looks like? And to the idea, I think the question that comes from a lot of pharmacists is they want to know, you know, are there practicing pharmacists that are involved with this process from the beginning? Yeah, so good questions, Nick. I think in terms of the way that PQA has developed this, they've done a really good job of making sure that that work group is composed of different stakeholders. So it has real life practicing pharmacists, as you just asked about, it has some people that work on maybe uh, the corporate pharmacy level in relation to these measures. They've also bought in plan stakeholders and PBM stakeholders along with technology vendors. So that really gives the opportunity for a multitude of people to say like, what's readily available? What are our challenges? What are our opportunities? And what more do we need to do as we advance these measures to notate that they really can be effective within practice and within other areas? I think as we talk about a timetable, that's a little bit unknown. And I, I know that PQA is looking into what that timetable is going to be, but it takes time to develop these. It takes a lot of work. I know some people think it's so simple, just put a measurement on a sheet of paper, but there are so many components and testing and analysis that goes into it. And I think that's something that's always a focus from a measure developer, making sure it's feasible, making sure it's reliable, making sure it's robustly tested, and that it's approved by a number of different stakeholders I think that each of the tests might come out with measures at different times based upon what we're hearing and seeing from PQA. But and unfortunately, it's not just the snap your fingers overnight from things available, but making sure that it's done right, I think is sometimes more critical than done fast. Yeah, Lauren, that's a great point. And I, I think that's a good part of the process, right? It's it's that it's ensuring that the right people are involved and the appropriate data is considered rather than having it 
be available just at a specific endpoint. Thanks for that information, Lauren. Very helpful for our consideration. And, and now I want to pivot for our third question to what you are doing and what the Blue Cross Blue Shield plan in Arkansas is approaching for patient care. And let's talk about what your team is doing to address outcomes-based measures. Are there any opportunities working directly with pharmacists and pharmacies that are going to be on your timeline going forward? That's a great question, Nick. So in terms of Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, we do use value-based contracting with our providers. And largely um, the first part has really been with the PCP and other providers, but our programs are structured around both process measures and those intermediate and outcomes measures like we talked about, kind of bringing all of them together, looking at preventative screenings and appropriate actions for chronic disease states, but then also other areas like readmissions and cost of care control. I think we've learned a lot from those and from the providers and the information. There's some great learning. Coordination, coordination, coordination is key. Making sure that data sharing is optimized and that we have the ability to share thoughts and information with each other consistently leads to partnerships that ultimately improve outcomes and performance for everybody. In regards to pharmacies, Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield already does have some pharmacy partnerships related to adherence-based and statin use programs and direct relationships between ABCDF and pharmacies. And we also have our PBM contracting in other areas. But we're looking to expand that and go a little bit farther in the Medicaid space by partnering with pharmacies via the PQS platform to provide information about A1C testing and control, and then also diabetic eye exams. So we have structured a value-based program that provides reimbursement based upon those controls of members that have a diabetic uh, screening within the year, and then also whether or not they're getting their eye exams completed. So a little bit of a merge of both the outcomes and the process-based measures. We do recognize that that partnership between the pharmacy and the plan is critical to achieving that. So as we build out this program, we're making sure to provide options to the pharmacies that they can connect with our member outreach team, which includes the pharmacist, the nurse, and the member engagement specialist. We'll help coordinate, share information, and then we're also sharing some detailed information about our member engagement resources. So hopefully that healthcare system that can sometimes be hard to navigate becomes a little bit easier and clearer for both the pharmacist and the member. We really look forward to seeing the outcomes of this and then further evaluating some opportunities for the future. On that note, we really also do appreciate PQS and Prime's partnership in helping to implement this for our Kansans. Lauren, it's very exciting, certainly from the PQS side of things. I've known this has been a development for, for a little bit, and we've had to keep it under our, our hat until the program really gets to go live. But I, I do want to ask you a follow-up about this, and there's there's it's going to be a two-part question. But I think it's important to understanding this type of program, this type of opportunity for pharmacy, and then ensuring that pharmacists are able to engage with these opportunities going forward. So one, how does a program like this start from, from your perspective with the health plan? And then two, how do pharmacists and pharmacy help ensure that this program is successful uh, when, when the year is done? So in terms of getting something like this started, again, we see the value of pharmacy partnership and the engagement from that, but it spurred a little bit out of a pilot that we did internally last year. So we have an internal Medicare pharmacist uh, who actually we brought on to the organization last uh, summer, and she's been working with members who have diabetes who may be struggling with their disease control and completion of recommended screenings. So really great success through her efforts, a lot of conversion, 
But even beyond that, a lot of really good member impact about how appreciative they were that a pharmacist would spend time with them, would talk them through medications, administration, and then go beyond that. So she covers everything from A1C and I exam to foot exams and kind of anything that a diabetic member might need to know, and then also coordinates with that provider. Again, that really good success and hearing the positive pharmacist feedback helps to kind of spur our thoughts into other programs and further collaborations. We have one pharmacist here, but there are thousands of pharmacists across the state of Arkansas who can make an impact and who can help drive that. So as we knew the opportunities available from the PQS platform, really this program became one of those opportunities to help expand what we've done on a small level with Leanna and the team to a much broader focus. But in terms of being successful, I think it's that. It's, it's, we have to get the engagement. We have to get the partnership. And we look forward to that. And we really do hope that it's something that others pick up and they partner with us on improving those health conditions, whether it's helping to advise them on their opportunities for IAC and screenings, or maybe even helping to give them the phone numbers to triage and get one of those in-home screenings, et cetera. Uh, that partnership and that implementation and desire to improve is what will ultimately kind of help drive these successful outcomes. That sounds great. I'm, I'm glad we addressed that because certainly this type of program is phenomenal and we both know, Lauren, you and I as pharmacists, that pharmacists can do a lot more than just managing the medication. So these opportunities are great, but just because the opportunity is presented to pharmacists, we want to make sure that it is seen successful and knowing what that end goal is is going to be really important. Now, Lauren, with that, I do want to thank you for your insight today and giving our audience a taste of what pharmacists could see in the future for outcomes-based measures, intermediate outcomes-based measures, and a little bit of background on how they're developed. This is a particularly exciting future, and I say that for myself speaking as a pharmacist. Pharmacists are the medication experts and can be utilized to maximize a patient's medication regimen. However, we also know as the medication expert that we can achieve outcomes through other lifestyle modifications and help a patient to achieve the desired outcomes, sometimes with minimal influence of medication. So that's that's the true outcome that we want to achieve, getting that patient to the desired clinical outcome. Now, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, we always like to end our show with a bit of a lighter question. So before we go, Lauren, I would like to hear from you a bit about travel experience. Certainly as the world is opening up and we're getting past the COVID uh, world that we were in for 2020, folks are looking to hit the road again and would like to know from your perspective, whether it be for work or for personal fun, uh, where do you like to travel? Do you have any travel recommendations? And perhaps when you've gone to these locations, have you seen any interesting pharmacies? Well, thanks, Nick. That might be the hardest question you've asked me today. But if I had to choose a place, I'd probably go back to where I went right before the global pandemic. Um, Ireland is one of my favorite places to go. And I highly recommend um, a trip all the way from Dublin, going down to the south of the coast and wandering all the way back up to Galway, getting to experience all of those little towns like Dingle and Cashel and Kinsale and others. In terms of pharmacies, I definitely made my visit to a couple while I was there. And I love uh, kind of those old school little pharmacies and the pharmacists there are so wonderful and kind, especially helping with those blisters that might develop with all the walking. Um, but it's so unique to see kind of the differences between each country and those pharmacies. Great. Appreciate that answer. And I'm glad you got to experience some pharmacies and meet some pharmacists in other countries, even if it was due to some uh, blisters from too much walking. Well, 
Lauren, with that, I wanted to uh, get to the end of our episode. And some folks may have questions for you based on your experience with measure development or maybe based on what you shared about what's happening in Arkansas. So do you mind uh, sharing a way that folks can contact you if they have a question or if they'd like to learn more about quality? Sure. So email is probably the best way to reach me. You can reach me at my Arkansas email. So it's actually L-E-D-I-X-O-N at ARC, A-R-K, bluecross.com. So Ellie Dixon at arcbluecross.com. Uh, I can also be found on LinkedIn and connect there. Uh, but just as a note, my first name spelled a little bit different. So it's Lauren with an I, so L-A-U-R-I-N. Um, but I'm also available there for any questions. Great. Appreciate you sharing that, Lauren, and your willingness to come on the show today. This was really fun for me to talk about and new opportunities for pharmacists going forward. And with that, it will wrap up our content for today's episode. And we want to make sure that you, our listening audience, as always, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a question or topic, please let us know. Similarly, if you would like to contact us about coming on the show and speaking about a specific uh, topic, let us know about that. You can DM us on Twitter at Pharmacy Quality or contact us at info at PharmacyQuality.com. With that, I again appreciate you, our listening audience of the Quality Corner Show, and there's one final message from the PQS team. The Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show has a request for you. Our goal is to spread the word about how quality measurement can help improve health outcomes, and we need your help in sharing this podcast to friends and colleagues in the healthcare industry. We also want you to provide feedback, ask us questions, and suggest health topics you'd like to see covered. If you are a health expert and you want to contribute to the show or even talk on the show, please contact us. You can email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind, what we can address, so that you are fully informed. We want you to be able to provide the best care for your patients and members, and we wish all of you listeners out there well.